going on, Tico Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got Dan, Kevin, Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, world? What's going on, boys? What is up, guys? All right. So we told you the other day, today we are going to get into some super deep sleepers, probably guys that aren't even being drafted, that we are going to basically just throw out there and think that they might have some sort of impact. You know, or or could be guys that, you know, wind up getting picked up off the waiver wire during the course of the season. Uh, Yeah, so that's pretty much what today's podcast is going to be. Any news items? Do you guys want to talk about the David Njoku stuff? David Njoku has to be traded today. Demanding trading. Yeah, I mean, can you really blame the guy? Like, you go out and you you get an, I mean, Austin Hooper who... You know, we all know is a number one tight end. He showed it last year. You know what I mean? He showed it in past years that he could be very good. And then last year he just kind of blew up on the scene and was the number one tight end for the first, what, eight weeks of the season uh, before he had that little injury. And then basically after the injury, he fell completely off the world. But showed he could be very good on a, on a, a, you know, a good team. And we all assume, once again, that the Browns are probably going to be a good team. We don't know, but we assume that. And, you know, to me, that's kind of, hey, we don't think you're good enough to be our number one guy. We had to go sign a guy off free agency to take your job. So, you know, I don't really I don't really blame him. And, you know, like you said, Kev, it's probably going to be an offense where they run a lot of two wide, you know, two tight end sets. You know, what I mean, but in the same breath, you know, you know, the talent you have and we've all said it for years. Everybody has said it for years how talented this kid is. He could be really, really good you know, given the opportunity. And I feel like they're saying, hey, we're not going to give you the opportunity. So, you know, I don't, I don't really blame the kid for saying, I want to, I want to find a new home. I don't blame him, but he doesn't really have a whole lot of ground to stand on. I mean, like you said, I mean, he's, he's had a lot of hype about him. He's, he's a talented kid from what we've heard in training camp. I mean, we, you know, coming out of training camp last year, they said that he was, he was extremely talented and, you know, has potential to be a big tight end, but Besides, you know, a little bit of injuries, he just didn't he didn't wow anybody, and he obviously didn't wow Cleveland if they went and signed Austin Hooper. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, what he thinks is out there as far as tight end availabilities. I mean, jumping into a starting role, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I think he was probably better off just trying to stay there in, in a system he knows and fighting for a number one tight end spot. But I don't know who's going to be dangling a starting tight end spot in front of him. I think everybody's pretty much locked in right now to their to their rosters. Yeah, I mean, picture Irv Smith from last year in the Vikings. That's pretty much the role he probably would have played because, you know, that's just the, the two similarities. You have Austin Hooper, Kyle Rudolph, both good at blocking and can get out on routes. And then you have Irv Smith and David Njoku, both guys that are more receiving options from the tight end spot. So, you know, that that's kind of what his role would have been. And it's not really that, you know, big of a role for, for you know, a guy who probably thinks he's, he should have more of a role. I mean, I, the dude, honestly, to me, you know, I think his, he, did he get drafted the same year as Baker? Yeah, I want to say it was the year right before Baker. Okay, so, yeah, he. I mean, I know he got hurt the first year with Baker. Last year, Baker just wasn't good. You know, he just really hasn't had the, the you know, a good quarterback play to really – put himself in a position to thrive and he's been injured. So 
you know, a change of scenery might just be something that this dude needs. A lot of people have been screaming for New England because everybody, every time a tight end comes comes out, New England, you know, everybody wants New England to go get them for they fear that like or because they think it might be the next Rob Gronkowski role. But uh, yeah, I, I, any any I know the Cowboys said they might be interested. Any spots you think he might be good to go to? I could see Dallas. That would be the that would be the primary spot because I don't think they're. I mean, if any team's not sold on their number one tight end, I think that they're you know. They're just plugging away at guys. They got such a. I saw a video of C.D. Lamb running routes actually right before we jumped on here, and man, he is. He's. You want to talk about quickness too? That boy is crazy quick. So I think they're pretty uh, happy with their wide receiver core, and you know they're just going to roll with Jarwin maybe. Yeah. See, for me, a team that I would actually like to see him go to because Nick Foles is there. I would actually like to see him go to the Chicago Bears. I think. You know, we all know what Nick Foles can do for a tight end. You know what I mean? I think Nick Foles has been pretty proven in Philly. You know what I mean? The tight ends in Philly were very, very good with, you know, Nick Foles. And I I think Jimmy Graham is just a shell of what he used to be. And I think if you gave him, you know, Cole Komet, I don't really, you know, I've seen a couple of his college games. I don't really know too much about him. I know he's okay. But I know this kid is athletic, and I know that you know on a Bears team with Nick Foles throwing the ball, he could be, he could be a playmaker and a big body for a team that you know. To me, I think needs a tight end. So, you know, I think I think I would like to see him go to the Bears. How about the bust of Trey Burton? Remember Trey Burton got that money after, after the the uh, the Philly special, you know, the Super Bowl. He was, he actually turned it on that that that's that Super Bowl run he was he was really really good that you know second half of the season into the playoffs and that's what got him his uh his contract they they saw him as a bona fide top 12 tight end and paid him for it man he was just awful in, in Chicago yeah I hear that yeah if there's a team that I wouldn't mind seeing him go to believe it or not oh. it would be the Washington no names because <laughs> uh <laughs> Because uh, they don't really have it. I mean, Jeremy Sprinkle is nothing to salivate over. You know, they, they really don't have a tight end to, you know, kind of bring up with a young rookie co- or your second year quarterback now. And to be honest, Haskins doesn't have many weapons in that offense. And I think getting Njoku would probably be, you know, add a nice little weapon. We saw what Greg Olson did and, you know, with Ron Rivera. And I know Ron doesn't necessarily run the offense or anything like that, but you know, just connecting dots. It's, it's. I think you know, that would probably be a good spot. I would, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to, uh, just to give Haskins another option in the offense and see how he can grow. Mm, yep. All right, so let's get into some of these deep, deep sleepers. Uh, Steve, why don't you start us off? All right, so I have a couple of guys. The one guy that I actually. I think like I looked at his ADP and there's some some websites that don't even have an AP ADP for him and it's Terrell Williams. Right? So this is kind of I actually have both of two guys from the Raiders on my on my deep sleepers list. So if you guys remember what Terrell Williams was doing last year before you know the foot started bothering him and he started whatever the hell, you know, I know he had a bunch of you know nagging injuries uh last season but if you guys remember what he was doing before you know 
those injuries started, he started off the season pretty damn good. He had. So in week one, he has 605 and a touchdown, 50 for 47 and a touchdown, three for 29 and a touchdown, three for 36 and a touchdown. Then, I, like I said, he got hurt, uh, you know, for basically out for three weeks. You know what I mean? He had Chicago, a bye, and then Green Bay. Then he comes back. He has three for 91 and a touchdown, three for 48. And that's kind of where he teetered off. He had four for 82 the next week and then two for 18, nine, one for nine, three for 35, two for 45 and a touchdown, four for 82, and then didn't play in the Denver game. So, like I said, this is a guy who, you know, we looked on player, player calculator or fantasy football calculator, and he's just not being drafted. And to me – like, do you think that, you know, them bringing in a rookie wide receiver is going to take Williams off the field? He was their best wide receiver for the first six weeks of the season, and he's just not even a thought. It's To me, it's – he was – I want to say he was, like, wide receiver 17 after, you know, week four. He was, like, really high. So, you know, if he can stay healthy – all season long, Derek Carr seemed to like to throw the ball to him. You know what I mean? I think it could be a, a situation where, you know, Williams is a guy that you're picking up the off the waiver wire and, you know, he gives you good production as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, I think the thing with Tyrell Williams that probably outside of the health, the thing that probably just drives him down is also knowing what Hunter Renfro did in the end of the season, knowing what Darren Waller did all year, adding a rookie knowing they want to get Josh Jacobs more, probably more involved, you know, probably more involved in the passing game, but still having Jalen Richard is just a lot of options there. And you're also not thinking that the Raiders may be that good of an offense either. So it's like, it's a combination of a lot of things that I think has driven Tyrell Williams down, but definitely could be somebody that produces because we saw it at the beginning of last year. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, I'll go next. I'm going to go to the running back position, and this is a guy I talked about when we did the team breakdown, and it's Malcolm Brown. Um, you know, Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson, both young guys, second, you know, second day draft picks. But we saw last year when Todd Gurley was not in the game, it was Malcolm Brown in the game. You know, I think they're they're going to give the young guys a chance to, you know, kind of earn that role. But at the same time, Malcolm Brown isn't going anywhere. And, you know, do I think he's going to be great? No, it's probably going to be some sort of timeshare committee that they roll with if Malcolm Brown is getting work. But, you know, near the goal line, Malcolm Brown is clearly, to me, they're going to be the guy getting the touchdowns. Uh, Cam Akers and and Darrell Henderson are both smaller guys. Malcolm Brown's a big back. So, you know, if they do roll with the committee, Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson aren't going to score as many touchdowns. And... You know, they're going in, you know, the fifth round, you know, fifth or sixth round, I think, for Akers. And, you know, Henderson's probably going in like the seventh or eighth round. And, you know, you turn around and and Malcolm Brown has the chance to outscore those guys just based off scoring, you know, maybe six or seven touchdowns over the course of the season because he's going to be the goal line back. That's just going, if anything, that'll be his role. So, you know, he's a guy that, you know, might score eight touchdowns, one every two games. And, you know, he's just not being drafted. Yeah, he he actually vultured, I think, like five touchdowns away from from uh, Gurley last year. So, I mean, he didn't get a ton of carries. I think I just did the cheat codes on them, and he was like, you know, Gurley was like 220, and he was like, you know, 50, 60. So he didn't get a lot of work. But he, we, if we noticed, and it was just weird because, I mean, Gurley is 
in my opinion, he's the best running back at finding the end zone. He is just a gifted guy at finding the end zone. He's got a knack for it. Um, you know, even Christopher Harris said that too. He brought up that point too. I mean, he just knows how to find the end zone. He always has for the last like four years, but they just used Malcolm Brown. They liked him in that role, you know, down at the goal line and he had five, I believe five touchdowns last year. So I think that is, you know, no doubt going to be exceeded this year. I think he's in the, I, I like that eight number eight to 10 range, I think this year. And I think his carries for sure go up. I think I could see him getting 120 carries this year and you're getting him at like, you know, 14 round, you know, around 13, 14, 15. I mean, it's no one's even, he's not on anybody's radar. Yep. All right. Dan, you want to throw a guy out there? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to sell everybody on a, on a wide receiver here that isn't being talked about at all. Like nothing. And it's just because he, he wasn't good last year as a rookie, but miles Boykin to me has all the attributes to be, to be a really good receiver this year. He's, he's tall. He's a big guy. He's a number two on a powerhouse offense with the MVP. I mean, what really I mean, the reason that he's just not even, you know, doesn't even have an ADP. I looked at like three different sites and he don't even have an ADP. So he's not even being drafted in a, you know, even a 14 team league right now. But the reason that he is that I think he has a potential to have, a, you know, a thousand yard season and a 10 touchdown season is just it's just Baltimore just being so good. And I don't think, you know, I don't think Lamar is going to regress. I think Lamar is going to still be in that. 30 to 35 touchdown passing and we know that hollywood brown with his size is going to be boom or bust hollywood's not going to be hollywood's not going to be your your 10 target receiver he's it's not there's no way hollywood's getting 150 targets this year hollywood is going to get 80 to 100 targets because he's just a certain type of player he's a physical you know he's just he's a speed guy so those targets if baltimore does you know make it a little bit more passing than they did last year. They were like 55, 45 last year. They were, I think where they were one of the only teams that was heavier on the run than they were a pass. Uh, the ball's got to go somewhere and it can't all go to Andrews. So, you know, they're, I, I think they're high on him. They're, he's locked in as their number two receiver. Uh, Willie Sneed is a great slot receiver, but I just think this kid, I think that they, 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 they think they got something nice in him, and he's going to be a very good, you know, second year breakout player. Yep. All right, Steve, you're up. All right, so I have two guys. I'll go with the guy that I know is very, very good at football. You know, he's shown it in past years. You know what I mean? And I can't really give you like a, man, this guy is going to be the greatest thing ever. But I can say we've talked about him a couple of times. Kev's brought him up. Jarek McKinnon, um, you know, to me, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Jarek McKinnon is the sole pass catching back for this 49ers team. Like I think so looking at what Tevin Coleman did last year, did you see anything out of Tevin Coleman that made you go, this guy deserves work? Like I can't, other than that four touchdown game, I can't even think of a game where I was like, man, Tevin Coleman looks good in this game. Uh, I didn't think he was anything amazing in Atlanta. I thought he was a great change of pace. I thought he was a great compliment to Freeman. The whole time he was in Atlanta, I thought him and Freeman were perfect compliments for each other. He was, you know, he was more of the speed guy where Freeman was more of the power guy and they, and it worked well for them and in, in, in their offense. But I never thought he was, you know, like when he came there and they were talking about him being like the number, you know, the locked in number one and he's going to get, 
70% of the work and blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, Kevin even pointed out early last year when we were talking about that it was going to be a committee, and that team was the definition of committee. Yeah, and, and that's my thing. Like, people will fail to, like, want to admit that Derek McKinnon actually is very good at football. We saw it with the Minnesota Vikings. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not out of left field that this kid could stay healthy this year, right? With a limited workload, because obviously the past two years he's had knee issues, so you don't want to, you know, you're not, he's not going to have a heavy, heavy workload, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this dude gets 80 targets and 60 receptions and, I don't know, 50 to 80 carries? Like, does anybody else think that that's crazy? I don't, I don't think that's crazy at all. So, if that's not crazy at all, and this dude can catch 60 balls... He's going to be PPR viable, and people are just like, I haven't heard anyone talk about, other than us, I haven't heard anyone talk about this kid, and I think it's, you know, if I'm throwing darts at the end of of draft, I think I'm probably going to have McKinnon on, I don't know, 25% of all my fantasy teams, and like I told you guys, I do 20 fantasy football drafts, and that's not including best balls, so... I'm probably gonna have him on like twenty percent of my teams just because I'm gonna throw a dart him at the end of the end of the you know end of the draft and see what happens. If the kid if the kid is the pass catching back for this 49ers team, we all agree that this 49ers team is gonna be very good this year. I don't think that this is like a a crazy pick. Yeah, I mean he was on my list as well. Uh, Steve swiped him from me. Um, <laughs> my bad, dog. Uh, nah, you're you're good. I'm just messing around. Um, yeah. I will, I just, you know, I'll go right out of off the bat and say it. Like, to me, if Raheem Mostert goes down with injury, Jarek McKinnon will be the running back that everybody wants to own on this team. Like, I just did not see enough from Tevin Coleman that makes me think that, and I know Kyle Shanahan couldn't either. It makes me think, like, let's go with Tevin Coleman as our main guy. No. And even if Tevin Coleman is the main guy, Jarek McKinnon's going to get work. And if Jarek McKinnon gets work, He's going to outshine Tevin Coleman because we saw last year Tevin Coleman just isn't very isn't that good anymore. So, you know, to me, you know, Jarek McKinnon, a guy who's not being drafted, to me, I, I could see him. Mind you, I I don't know how much work he'll get if Moster is healthy. You know, I I expect Moster to be their main guy pretty pretty often. I, I think they might just go with a two headed monster until until or unless somebody gets hurt but you know if one of these guys goes down or i mean mckinnon could literally just take tevin coleman's job right off the bat like there's a reason that they kept this dude there through two injuries they could have easily got rid of that contract this year he wasn't even that big of a cap hit and they decided to keep him on the team he was like the, the second or third highest paid running back for like two years yeah like i mean but they've kept him around for a reason and it wouldn't shock me if they use him a little bit this year. And that's the thing, like, real quick before we, you know, go to the next person. Like, uh, with Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, we all remember Christian Ponder, the quarterback, was the quarterback for the Vikings in 2016, I believe 17, right? With Christian Ponder, he caught 43 balls in 2016 for 55 yards and two touchdowns. And then in 2017, he had 51 catches for 421 yards and two touchdowns, right? That's not including the 159 rushes he had in 2016 for 539 yards on a 
you know, not so great Vikings team. And then the scenario next year, he had 150 carries. So like I said, I don't think it's crazy to think that this kid gets close to 50 to 80 carries and 60 catches and you're getting him for nothing. You're getting him at the end of the draft. Just throw a dart. All right. Uh, my next guy, I'm gonna, I'm going to sway one of your guys now, Steve, and that's Damian Harris. Um, Damian Harris last year, I think he was a third round pick for New England. Um, you know, was kind of hurt. Didn't really see time last year at all, but Bill Belichick's never really given rookies running backs any work, uh, outside of Sony Michelle. I think that first year. And and that was even like towards the playoffs where he started using, using Sony Michelle. Uh, and I think a lot of his other guys were injured and Sony was kind of healthy and, you know, Sony actually did really well, but Sony right now is battling knee, his knee injuries. Um, you know, he's got the same thing as Gurley, which is what, which is like arthritis in his knees, but he's got it worse. And he just had surgery this off season. And, you know, on top of that, he's just hasn't been very good. So, you know, you look at that, obviously they got Rex Burkhead still there. James White will be the passing downs back. But Damian Harris is a guy that, was very good when given an opportunity at Alabama. And that was with splitting time with Josh Jacobs. So, yeah, to me, you know, being in a Patriots offense, especially if Cam's going to be back there, I think this is per- I think that would be a perfect situation for him because we know what Cam as a quarterback does for opening up running lanes and things like that. So, Damian Harris is a guy really really, you know, I think more and more he's starting to be a late late deep round shot that people are taking, but his ADP is still a guy that's not even being drafted right now. Yep. All right. I'm going to throw a, uh, I'm going to throw like a tight end 25 at you. (laughs) And a lot of people are going to probably shake their heads and it's definitely a, a dart throw because, all right, so we're going to go with, um, we're going to go with Jay Sternberger. And here's, here's the case. We know that Aaron Rodgers, green Bay has not been, overly tight end friendly over the years. I, I mean, I might think that that's more so Mike McCarthy because Matt LaFleur apparently likes to use the tight end a little more, even though we really didn't see it last year. But um, Honestly, real quick, not to cut you off, Dan, but I did. But uh, that was going to be an argument that I have against David and Joku going to Dallas. Yeah. It's just like if he thinks he's going to be used in Dallas, Mike McCarthy never had a very good tight end being used yeah. there. So, but go ahead. Sorry, David. Dan, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's cool. They, they never had a, they never had a, they never had a stud tight end. They just kind of like threw a lot of guys around like Jermichael Finley and if um, Jared Cook will play it, you know, missed a few games. But when, when he's had a when he's had like a solid number one, like not a not a big name guy. But when he's had him, they've actually, you know, always finished ahead of their ADPs. Like they, they have an ADP in the 20s and they finish Jermichael Finley finished a handful of years like uh, tight end 10, 11, 12. Jared Cook finished tight end 12. So, I mean, you're getting Jay Sternberger at like 25 to 30. And this guy could finish tight end 12. I mean, if he's the only guy right now on on Green Bay that's even getting consideration for tight end and Matt LaFleur wants to change up the, you know, the mindset a little bit there, the, the, you know, and, and, and make tight end relevant again in, in Green Bay, then definitely not where, you know, he's definitely going to be someone that you that you are picking up off waiver wire. But keep an eye out for him after week one. He could be that guy that you're like, all right, maybe Green Bay's changing their their, their spiel up a little bit here. Yep. Yeah, I think Jay Stern, Stern, Jay Sternberger could be good too, be, simply because Aaron Rodgers does throw a lot of touch ends, touch touchdowns to his tight end. 
That is the that is one. They don't necessarily get a lot of yards all the time, but even Jimmy Graham last year caught his fair share of tight uh, touchdowns. All right, Steve, go ahead. All right, so I'm kind of debating between what running back I want to talk about first because I have I have two running backs left. Um, so I'm going to go Josh Kelly. So Joshua Kelly, running back for the San Di- well not San Diego anymore. I keep saying I always I always say that for some reason, but uh. Mm-hmm. The L.A. Chargers. <laughs> the L.A. Chargers. Um, to me, I think... Okay, so... Jackson, to me, is not all that great. And I think a lot of NFL teams saw something in Josh Kelly to take him in the fourth round in his senior bowl. I think they think he's a good hard-nosed runner. And that's kind of what this team needs. right? They need a nice, hard nose guy so it can be like thunder and lightning kind of duo with you know what they got with austin eckler so to me i think if josh kelly can show that he can pound the rock in between the tackles and you know punish some punish some defenses where it opens up the field for you know jacobs i mean for eckler i really do think that this is probably going to be their number two running back and to me the number two running back at the with the charges is going to be very valuable because I think it's going to be a guy that gets 150 touches this year because I don't think they're going to give Austin Eckler 250 to 275 touches like some people are, are estimating, which I, I just don't see that. I see Austin Eckler probably being closer to the 200 touch range. I mean, 200, 200 and maybe 15. Like I could see a stretch of 215, but I don't see a 225, 230, 250 touch running back and people are drafting him in the end of the first round middle beginning of the second i just don't see that so for me a guy that is on a team that uh, with an offense that i like with a quarterback that is ridiculously mobile you know i mean they call don't call him t-mobile for nothing can open up running lanes for this big hard-nosed running running back and i think josh kelly could end up being a guy that a lot of people are not even thinking about and could end up being good it's actually interesting because everybody, like you, you, they look at the Chargers and they're like, all right, well, you know, you got your one-two punch. You got Eckler, who's kind of the the quick receiving back, and then you got Justin Jackson, who's the power back. Justin Jackson is actually six foot one ninety eight, and Austin <laughs> Eckler is five eleven two hundred. So Austin <laughs> Eckler is actually like a little stockier than Justin Jackson. Just, I guess it's just the way they wear the pads. But yeah, I mean, Justin Jackson is not necessarily a power back. He's you know, he's basically the same size as Austin Eckler. All right, so my next guy, I'm going to throw out another Packer, and that is Alan Lazard. Uh, to me, you know, one thing that Green Bay has done well over the years is develop receivers. You know, Devontae Adams wasn't a big name. He kind of developed into a bigger name. Uh, I don't recall Jordy Nelson being a big name coming out of college, was he? Do you guys? And Jordy Nelson was – I want to say he was like a fourth or fifth round guy. I'll, I'll look it up real quick, but yeah, I, don't, Cobb. I don't remember he was. Randall Cobb was he yeah. a big, big. You got Aaron Rodgers on a team, you know, he'll learn how to work with somebody and, and develop that player into a, a capable receiver. You know, obviously it didn't work out with Geronimo Allison or MVS as much because neither one of those guys were very good last year. But Alan Lazard had his opportunities last year, and I think he showed enough that he can kind of gain a little bit of Aaron Rodgers' trust. And, you know, I'm interested to see how much that trust, you know, expands this year, develops this year. 
because uh, he will probably be the second receiver. I, I, if anything, he will come off the, the field in goal line situations for Devin Funches, but I don't see Devin Funches being a guy who's going to just beat out Alan Lazard. Devin Funches has made his rounds around the NFL, and we kind of know what kind of player he is, and he's also coming off, off a severe injury that kept him out for the whole year. So to me, Alan Lazard is a guy – you know, going you know late in drafts to not being drafted, they could be wind up getting scooped up uh, off waiver wires. Yep, he was a second round pick, early second round, uh, thirty six overall. Jordy. Yep. Okay. All right, I'll uh, I'll keep it I'll keep it home here, and I'll I'll give you I'll do an eagle, and you know, ever since we hired Doug Peterson. You know, along with you, Kev, Steve, you probably mostly too watched every single snap that the Eagles have played. And I just don't think that because of one good, you know, good second half of the season that Doug Peterson's mindset is just going to completely shift and say, we're going to give Miles Sanders 70 percent of the workload. So I'm going to say Boston Scott still plays a very relevant part in the Eagles. I mean, we saw how much Eagles kind of forced the ball into Darren Sproles hands and he just didn't have it anymore. And, you know, we lost Darren Sproles, but we basically gained Darren Sproles in Boston and a younger Darren Sproles in Boston Scott because they just are so similar. I mean, no one is quite Darren. He's, he's you know, a future Hall of Famer because of his all-around, you know, all three aspects of football, catching, catching running, uh, kick returns. So, I mean, he's just a, a just a complete different different kind of player. But Boston Scott, I mean, he looked – when he was given the chance last year, he looked dynamic. I mean, he could – he was one of those players that just – he could turn nothing into something, and I just think that he's going to get himself some some workload. And I mean, even if Miles, you know, not going well, God forbid, even if Miles got hurt, I don't. He's not going to be big enough to get you, you know, your twenty carries like Miles can get give you twenty carries a game. He he can handle the he can handle the the full load, but my you know, Boston's not going to give you that. He's too small. He's you know, he's just not built for it, but. He's um I think he's I think he could turn into a good flex option if if they, you know, ride out a hot hand, play some matchups. He's going to be one of those guys. He's going to be the boom or bust running back, I feel like. There's going to be games where he gets you two fantasy points in his games. He's going to get you 20 something because, you know, he gets you seven carries and takes two of them in for a touchdown because of that's just what Darren Sproles used to do and I mean, watch some tape on Boston Scott. He is literally just like him. Yep. Yeah, uh, I will say this about Boston Scott. Um, I don't know how they're going to use the running backs this year. I, I do think they're going to give Miles Sanders 250 to 275 touches. Uh, but they all, you know, they do use the running back a lot. And if you look at how they used, you know, Miles and Boston Scott last year, now Corey Clement is added to this picture, so I I don't know how he's going to factor in if they're going to use him or just roll with Sanders and Scott. But towards the end of the year in the last five games, Boston Scott was getting 10 to 12 touches a game. So you're looking at a guy who could be getting somewhere between 160 and 180 touches if that, if that trend continues, and he's not even being drafted or, you know, being drafted way at the end of drafts. So definitely a guy that could be, you know, very useful – that that is getting scooped up on the waiver wire or, or useful, you know, in the later end of drafts. Yep. Go ahead, Steve. All right. So my next guy, I have two more wide receivers and one more running back. So I'll go with the wide receivers. And my first guy I want to talk about, because my last guy is really going to be a just a gut feeling. So this guy, Jacoby Myers, 
So this is my case for Jacoby Myers. So watching Jacoby Myers play last season, I think Bill Belichick likes this kid. And we don't know who the hell the number one wide receiver on the outside is going to be other than Edelman. And we know Edelman plays the slot. So I think there's a possibility that Jacoby Myers plays the other side in three wide receiver sets. And, you know what I mean, if <laughs> uh, unfortunately, if Nikhil Harry doesn't show, you know, every opportunity, Bill is not not opposed to sitting guys, you know, even though he drafted in the first round. We've seen it forever you know what i mean bill belichick does not play by the hey you're a first round pick you're gonna play he plays by i'm putting my best guy out there it is what it is so it's a quite it's a big possibility that jacoby myers is the number two wide receiver on this team and nobody is talking about him like at all and we saw in a couple of games last year you know that you know when they had some injuries you know tom brady was looking at him i mean he had a couple games last year i have it pulled up here but we got open yeah. He just drops a ball. He drops some balls. That's what. That's the one. He thing did that, have a couple that, of drops. That's one hundred percent. He dropped a, a couple. He dropped a touchdown for sure, and he dropped a big one that could have. You know, I think that was like a, a game changer. Um, I do remember him dropping some balls, but he did have an ability to get open. He he had a little stint there where he was him and Tom Brady were where they had a little connection. Exactly. So you know, week six against the Giants when he really got his first like go at it because there was just a bunch of injuries. And he went four for 54, next week five for 47, then they kind of put him back to the bench. Then he gets another opportunity against Dallas, four for 74, three for 46, one for 35. Uh, and then against Buffalo, he goes three for three for 25. So I don't think it's crazy to think that Bill Belichick just really likes this kid and thinks that he has some potential and puts him out there. We have seen some pretty not so good wide receivers have pretty good seasons with Bill Belichick. So I don't think it's crazy to think that Jacoby Myers, you know, could actually be somebody that you're picking up off the waiver wire and he actually produces for you with Cam Newton throwing him the ball. Yeah. Um, I like Nikhil Harry and I know Muhammad Sanu is still out there and he's already been working with Cam, but like Steve said, Bill Belichick will throw his best players out there so if Jacoby Myers goes out there and outworks those guys he will definitely be on the field um my next guy uh he's kind of been a hot guy throughout fantasy circles uh but it's LaVisca Chenault I absolutely love this kid in college like if you look at LaVisca Chenault's highlight tape like this dude does everything he runs out of the wildcat he runs from a running back position he plays in the slot he plays on the outside this dude would have been a first-round wide receiver if not for an injury that, you know, kind of cost him big time, especially even in the combine. I think he ran pretty slow at the combine, and uh, I think he had a, what core muscle surgery it was. But mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, like this guy is to I think Lavisca Chenault was the most athletic wide receiver in the draft this year, uh, and. You put him in that offense where he's going to have opportunities, you know, whether it's in the slot, whether it's on the outside. I mean, you know, we've kind of been talking like they obviously still have D.D. Westbrook. They still have uh, Chris Conley out there. Uh, Then you got they added Chenault. D.J. Shark ain't going anywhere. Let's just uh, I'm not even bringing him up because he's not moving. But I don't think they're happy with D.D. Westbrook and the production he gave. And you add a guy who can. You can put the ball in his hands that that, that size. Like, he's kind of like a Debo Samuel, but to me, even more athletic. Like, just a guy you can give the ball to on reverses, guy that you can just, like I said, he was running the Wildcat. And, 
you know, on top of that, he can play in the slot and get open quick, and he can go downfield and moss people. Like, this guy had, had really had the total package in college, and I think with, you know, Gardner Minshew, who's a guy that we showed, we said, we've been saying, like, this guy had two bad games. He was not a bad quarterback in his rookie year. So I think, you know, LaVisca Chenault could be a guy if, you know, I have I said the other day, like, I'm kind of out on rookies with the – two preseason games and now i hear the nflpa is trying to scrap preseason games totally so if that's the case like rookies for me just ain't going to be like all my fantasy teams but this is a guy that you know i may not mind taking a dart throw on late yep all right i uh i'm gonna throw out a cincinnati receiver i'm gonna say john ross and uh I mean, people remember last year that, you know, Burrow threw, you know, bomb after bomb after bomb to Jefferson. And now he's got himself a nice little 4-2 wide receiver, you know, one of the fastest guys in the league. And Burrow's got a, a big arm, a nice and an accurate arm, too. So I think that this could be, you know, we, we talked, obviously we hit up on our last podcast about A.J. Green and Boyd being two, you know, guys that aren't being talked about much. But this is a guy that you're getting at the very, very end of the draft who, you know, even with Dalton last year, the first couple of weeks, he had, you know, he had 150 yards and two touchdowns week one. And everyone was like, whoa, this was the John Ross that people were talking about at the combine when the guy kid flew and broke, you know, the 40 yard record. And he was just, you know, his route running was incredible at the combine. It was just, I mean, he was drafted in the first round and people told, you know, before he was, before he showed off his talents, he wasn't even being, you know, projected as a top 10 wide receiver. And he was way overdrafted because of those combine skills. And then, you know, and then obviously we, we know if, you know, for a couple of years, he didn't really show any relevance. And then last year, week one, he had the big week. Um, yeah. I'm not writing the kid off yet. Let, let, you know, he's got a new quarterback. He's got two stud receivers on the outside. Um, you know, let's see if, if, if he can pick up, you know, where he left off of week one, week two last year, obviously he didn't do much after that, but, uh, you know, throw throw a dart at him and, and, and see. You might surprise some people. Yep. All right, Steve. All right, so I just want to say, we've been talking about DeAndre Washington, right? So I'm not going to use him as one of these guys because he's not being drafted. But I do want to honorably mention him because we've been talking about him a lot and i think people fail to you've been talking i've been talking about him a lot so i think people fail to remember the last four games of the season when when uh he was very good yes he was on my team he was very good so he had a so basically against tennessee right we all remember what happened and k against the kc you know against the chiefs uh josh jacobs got hurt right so he saw a little bit of work in that game. Then the next week, Josh Jacobs didn't play. You know what I mean? Week 14, because everybody was salty about it. You know what I mean? They wanted Josh Jacobs in there, and he didn't, he didn't play. Killed, killed a lot of people's fantasy teams, right? But he had 14 for 53 and a touchdown, right? He also had six catches for 43 yards, right? Then the very next week, Josh Jacobs comes back. He doesn't get a whole lot of touches. He gets you five fantasy points. Then the last two weeks of the season, they just sit Josh Jacobs down because there's no reason to play him any further. They're out of the playoffs and whatever. But he has 23 carries, 81, 85 yards and a touchdown and with two catches and 21 yards. And then the final week of the season, he has 17 carries for 77 yards. And he also adds in eight catches for 55 yards. So 
my argument for why people should draft him, if you especially, you know, if you are not sure which guy is going to be, you know, the backup to Damian Williams, because Damian Williams is listed as the starter right now. You know what I mean? I, I make a strong case for this guy the way he finished last year. And that's all I'll say about him. But the guy I do want to talk about is Chris Thompson. So Chris Thompson to me is a guy that literally I don't think I've heard anyone talk about. And he's going into a Jay Gruden offense once again. And we know what Jay Gruden can do with a pass-catching running back because Chris Thompson has been very, very good in that role. So if Jay Gruden says, hey, we're going to use him in passing roles because Leonard Fournette was a train wreck in the receiving game last year. The dude had like, I think we, I think we counted it on one of the podcasts. It was like four catches for over 20 yards. He didn't have a catch for over, you know I mean? He didn't have a catch for over 30 yards almost all season. I think it was all season long. And his long catch of the year was like 27 or something like that. So, you know what I mean? Chris Thompson, we've seen him be dynamic in the passing game. You know, we know Gardner Minshew likes to throw to the running back because freaking, you know what I mean? A guy who we never saw have more than like 60 targets had ended up having over 100 last year in Leonard Fournette. So, to me, if Chris Thompson gets 70 targets in a Jay Gruden offense that we know likes to throw to the running back, I think, you know, Chris Thompson's probably going to be somebody that gets picked up off the waiver wire, especially in a league that people need running backs like running backs are are golden so a guy that you can get off the waiver wire that no one is talking about is you know chris thompson i mean dude leonard Fournette will not catch 70 balls this year that's a hot take (laughs) Um, hot take take. (laughs) all right uh my next guy is steven sims uh steven sims was the second wide receiver huh i like that Steven Sims was the second wide receiver from Washington last year. Uh, really, you know, wasn't used too much throughout the course of the year uh, until all of a sudden the, the uh, like the last, last few games, weeks, especially with Haskins. Yeah, last monster. three weeks. Yeah, he scored a touchdown, I believe, in every one. And, you know, really showed that he belonged in the NFL. This is a guy that a few people I've heard been talking about now. And, you know, like like Steve just said, the last three weeks he really, you know, shined. Do you have his number, Steve? I'm yeah, I'll bring it up while you're talking about him. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I, I talked about you know, Njoku going to Washington. That was that was a good spot for me. Why? Because Haskins needs playmakers. You can't put a second year quarterback out there, especially one who struggled in his rookie year, and not give him any additional playmakers and think he's going to succeed. So, you know, having Steven Sims who was very good at the end of last year. Of course, they have uh, Scary Terry. You know, hopefully these two wide receivers, and uh, it's going to drive me crazy now, not knowing the slot receiver's name. What's the slot receiver's name, Steve? For Hold up. Let me pause it. Uh, Trey, 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 Trey something. Yeah, it's it's the white kid. I can't even remember his name. <laughs> I didn't want to say the white kid. I did not want to say the white kid. Uh, Trey. Oh, my God. Trey Quinn was a slot receiver, and I'm just going to read Steven Sims' numbers off for the last three weeks. All right, so week uh, against the Eagles in week 15, he had five catches on 11 targets for 45 yards and a touchdown. The Giants game, he had six catches for six catches on 10 targets for 64 yards and two touchdowns. He had 
Five catches for eight on eight targets for 81 yards and a touchdown. One of them was a 65-yarder. So four touchdowns in the last three weeks um, of the season. Three games on top of 29 targets in the last three games. Like this is a guy that you know, if he's going to be that that receiver on the other side of Scary Terry, because we know Scary Terry is going to be getting a lot of that double coverage this year. So. You know, I think Steven Sims could be a guy that winds up, you know, being a late round, like a late round, you know, flyer or or a guy that's going to be hit, p- getting picked up off of waiver wires. Yeah, I agree. And th- that was the thing. Like, I think a lot of people don't even remember him being as good as he was last year. But at the end of the season, he was he was catching everything, man. He was he looked good, and it actually made uh, uh what's his name, the quarterback. They actually Dwayne made Haskins. Dwayne Haskins look pretty relevant because I would, I'm would i pretty sure the game that where he got the two touchdowns, he only threw two touchdowns in that game. And then the final game of the season, I think he only threw one touchdown. So this kid actually made, you know, he made Dwayne Haskins look pretty legit. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I agree with Kev. I think, you know, this offense yeah. could Haskins let... actually must have got hurt in that, that game too because yeah. – Either that or Case Keenum started and Haskins came in in relief, one or the other, because Keenum had a touchdown pass in that game as well. <laughs> yeah, so it might have been an injury. I can't remember exactly. But I do remember, you know, Haskins throwing the touchdowns to Sims and no one yeah. else. So, you know what I mean, at the end of the season last year. So, you know, it's, it's just a guy that definitely I agree with. When Kev said it, I was like, ooh, that's a good one, because I remember how good he was at the end of last season. That was That was a good one. I like that. All right. All right, I'll give you my last name. Going to be a running back. Uh, Going to go with Darrington Evans. And I think that they're hoping that this kid is not only like the future, you know, because we don't know what's going to happen with Derrick Henry, but the the player that they hoped that Deion Lewis was going to be, and it just never really panned out for them. I mean, Deion Lewis was an excellent pass catcher out, you know, when he was in New England a ways back. Uh, but he just wasn't—he just wasn't relevant, except for maybe the first year in Tennessee. And you know, he was—he was just so bit hard to keep on the field because he was just so, you know, so non-productive that they even, you know, Derrick Henry even had some pass, some passing opportunities last year, which he was never known for. So, you know, they draft this kid, and if you watch some of his tape out of Appalachian, this kid is incredible with the ball in his hands, and he finds the end zone. So, you know, I think we're going to see some some fireworks out of him. I mean, it's it's a perfect compliment. It is a lightning and thunder type. You know, he's only 5'10". It's a lightning and thunder type duo right there. You know, a change of pace from Derrick Henry, even though Derrick Henry is pretty quick for his size, but he's just a bull. Uh, this kid is, you know, he's small, he's shifty. Uh, I think he's going to be, you know, fun to watch and keep an eye out for. There's a lot of good rookies this year, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, so my last guy, and the guy that I told you I got would would wait for, is Andy Isabella. I am going to make the Andy Isabella argument because Andy Isabella basically only had one play last year. <laughs> one play. <laughs> one play last year, and it was electrifying. I mean, what was it? A ninety-yard touchdown. It was like eighty-seven-yard touchdown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this is my argument. So to me. Larry Fitzgerald's really getting old, right? We have the, to me, if not the best overall wide receiver in football, I think DeAndre Hopkins is too, right? I think he's just an amazing wide receiver, and I I love the guy. And 
Andy Isabella is the perfect, perfect guy to have on your team as like a late, 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 late stash and hope that he gets the Deshaun Jackson treatment in this offense where, you know, when Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson were on the same team, Deshaun was kind of, you know, and we all know Watson is just horrible. But I think it could – I think – this could be the year where they incorporate him in the offense and it actually works because they have a wide receiver that you have to you have to almost double team, you know what I mean, on a I wouldn't say every down basis, but a very consistent basis. You know what I mean, he saw like I think it was like 30% double teams last year, which is one of the highest in the league. So, if you're going to be double teaming DeAndre Hopkins, guess what? Andy Isabella can fly, boy. This is a 4-3 speed guy, right? And to me, if he's going to catch, even if he catches 30 balls, 40 balls, we could see McCall Hardman. We could see what we saw from McCall Hardman last year from this kid. You know what I mean? 30 catches for, for 600 yards and, you know what I mean, like something ridiculous where we're like, Jesus, this guy is almost 20 yards per catch, you know what I mean, on a team that we all agree is going to be good this year. So, you know, a wide receiver that I think I'm probably going to have, especially in a lot of, like, dynasty you know, redraft leagues. He's going like super late. I, I, I did, you know, a dynasty startup league, uh, actually just the other day, just, I was, you know, I seen people on uh fantasy life app asking if anybody wanted to join a 12 team dynasty league. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll throw, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a draft. So, uh, I think I got him in around like 22 or something crazy, something, something really late that I was just like, if he doesn't do anything, I mean, doesn't do anything, but yeah, I was, I think, I think he really does have the opportunity on this, on this offense with just all the playmakers that they have to, to, you know, do something. And if he, if he catches 50, 60 balls, you know what I mean? I'm not going to say it's impossible, but you know, improbable probably, but Hey, I think it was 40 catches, something like that. He could be in the 600 yard range with, you know, three or four touchdowns. And that's a guy you're not even thinking about. Yeah, I love Andy Isabella this year. I actually got him like I rated that. You 40, loves, 50. Or Dan loves every Cardinal. <laughs> I like Dan's the Cardinals like, this year. I'm, I'm all like, let's go, Kyler. I do. I love Kyler to run for a thousand and throw. Write, for it, write it down. You ready? <laughs> 40, 40, 50 catches. I'm going to say seven to 800 yards and seven touchdowns. That is a Woo! big year. That is a big year from a guy that you're grabbing in the freaking 16th round. <laughs> you're not lying. All right. That's I a stamp it. you just put on that. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> If that if if Andy Isabella does that, DeAndre Hopkins is going to disappoint a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think there's I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of yards, a lot of points for the, these guys to eat this whole entire year, all of them. Dan's got Dan's got uh, Kyler throwing for forty five hundred at least. Yeah, Kyler's going for forty five. He's going for forty five hundred. He's going forty five hundred. and He's going forty touchdowns. Jesus. Dan is balls to the walls. That's his number two quarterback. He will be in the conversation. He will be the Russell Wilson. He'll be in the conversation with, you know, Mahomes and Lamar if everyone stays healthy as, you know, a possible MVP candidate because he's going to get you six, seven hundred rushing yards. I don't know, man. You you, you could don't be surprised if Kyler Murray is the MVP this year. There it is. And I'm just going to throw out a trio of guys from the same team that not necessarily – I'm just throwing them out there because I'm interested to see how all these guys look. Uh, Trent Taylor, Jalen Hurd, and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, we know kind of what he was. He was 
basically the vulture of all vultures God, last year. Like you had five dude, touchdowns, and I don't if even you had talk Joe about Samuel it. or Emmanuel Sanders, dude, I had George Kittle. Guy, I had George Kittle oh last year, and dude. I'm like, stop catching touchdowns. <laughs> That's <laughs> all Kendrick Bourne did last <laughs> yeah, year. Kittle would get them touchdown. down there, and this dude would catch the touchdowns, and I'm just like, I hate this dude, yo. I hate <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I had Debo in multiple leagues, and I hate it because I always would think it was Debo when he caught the damn ball, too. <laughs> I just did the got stood up, and it was 84, and I'm like, son of a bitch. I <laughs> did the Chiefs for them. Every did the time. for them this weekend. He had five – inside the 10-yard line, he had five targets, five receptions, five touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this dude just catches touchdowns God, inside the, me off inside all the year, 10. Dude, dude I, I, I remember one game. Kittle gets – he gets tackled at like the 12, right? And and then that drive, they had thrown the ball to him like three times in a row, right? And he gets tackled. The very last time he catches it, it's like a, a 15-yard catch. He gets tackled at like the 12-yard line. Very next play. They throw a touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. Or no, no. They run the ball, get it to like the nine-yard line, and then throw a fade to the corner of the end zone for Kendrick Bourne. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like, I just need Kittle to get me a touchdown here. I actually lost that week by four points. I was so pissed. You see, Steve, and that's why Travis Kelsey is my is the number one tight end because <laughs> in that case, Patrick Mahomes always, wrote they back always to give it to Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Exactly. There's, yep. there's yeah, no well. tight end stealing to Travis Kelsey's touchdowns. Get out that man. Kendrick Bourne was the bane what? of my existence yeah, last Ken- year. Kendrick Bourne scored a lot of touchdowns last year, but Trent Taylor is a guy who's been talked up for two years now. I think with with San Fran, Jalen Hurd was a second round receiver from last year or. Was he second round last year or two years ago? Mm, Might have been two years ago. Yeah, sure. it was two years ago. Yeah, because I know they had Debo. Debo was their second rounder last year. But, like, these guys, like, Jalen Hurd just isn't going away. You know, he's a guy that was drafted in the second round. And, you know, they're going to want to see what he's got out there. No, it was last year. He was the third round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third round. Yeah, third round Okay, so he was a third round pick. So, yeah, I mean, you got both of these guys who, you know, are talented players from what we hear. You have Kendrick Bourne who scored five touchdowns. You have Debo Samuel, who for me is going to start out on the pup list because they have no reason to rush him back. They can yeah. say he's coming back week one, all they want. They, this team has no reason to rush Debo Samuel back. And of course they got Brandon Ayuk, but Brandon Ayuk is a rookie. And, and if you remember last year, Debo Samuel really didn't take over, you know, uh, kind of a prime role until halfway through the season. So, and this year it's going to be even tougher on rookies. So for me, one of these guys through the first half of the season is going to be a guy that that does really, really well. They've been saying it's going to be Trent Taylor, but I also know that they're giving Kendrick Bourne a, an extension or looking to. Uh, that's some other stuff that I've heard. So, you know, for me, I, not necessarily fantasy related, but it could be because I want to. I think through the first half of the season, one of these guys is going to stand out for the 49ers with, you know, Brandon Ayuk still being a rookie and Debo Samuel you know, possibly starting on the pup list. Yeah. And real quick, I just want to add this about Trent, Trent Taylor. Like I know last year I brought up Trent Taylor in the preseason when we were talking about him before, you know, all the stuff happened with his injuries and he basically didn't play at all that season. But this is the thing that, and the reason why I like this kid. And I think like I talked him up last year, this is a five foot eight, 180 pound receiver, right? Like, these guys that are this small and that weight are normally not drafted. So you have to be like exceptionally good 
to be that small and and make an NFL team. And this dude was drafted in the fifth round. So I do I agree with Kev. I think, you know, last year everybody said he's going to make a splash. He's going to be great. I, before the preseason, I remember a lot of people saying, oh, this kid could be very good. He's going to be awesome, blah, 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 blah. You know, they're just talking him up, talking him up, talking him up. And, you know, it, it always seems to happen that way when a guy is talked up so much the year before, people just kind of like, eh, no, he's not going to do nothing. And then the next year he's he, he becomes, you know, what they said. So, you know, sometimes they never come to fruition at all. But to me, Trent Taylor could be a guy, I agree, that could be, you know, nobody's talking about him at all, period, because of all the stuff they said last year. And, you know, the people don't like being wrong twice. But, yeah, this could be this could be a guy that, you know, is sneakily good. All right. Uh, that pretty much wraps up. Anybody else you guys got? Nope. Nope. Good. There it is. There's a lot of deep, deep sleepers for you guys, guys that aren't being drafted who could be fantasy relevant this year at some point, uh, or maybe late round flyers you guys want to take. Uh, so there it is. Uh, remember to check us out on www.cheatcodesports.com. It's www.cheatcodesports.com. Uh, on there, we have our rankings up. We have the cheat codes, which is a great visualization of what every team did basically on offense last year. You can see, you know, every player's touches, their targets. You can see percentages of usage or usage percentage, things like that. Great tool when you're looking at your drafts to see, you know, what teams do on offense and how that can translate to potential uh, players that you're going to draft. Uh, we'll have articles coming out weekly. Um, and of course we have a player profile PDF packet, which comes with a, you know, tiered out draft guideline uh, that we, you know, give you guys for 10 bucks, nothing crazy. So there it is. Check that out. And until next time, peace out guys. Peace. Later. <laughs>